Thank you for tuning into the Debbie Devotional Podcast, a monthly show focusing on Debbie prospects, strategies, and incoming rookies. Now here's your host. Welcome back to Debbie Devotional. I'm your host, Dynasty Coach A. Normally, I'm joined by Aaron Wilcox and Duchesne's underscore, but tonight, it's just the dynamic duo, Wilcox and Coach. How are you doing, Aaron? Yeah, let's go. I, I'm doing well. I'm excited. Let's let's hash out these wide receivers today. Absolutely. Tonight, we're going to be covering the top Debbie wide receivers. So whether you're a, a Debbie player or, or just a really invested Dynasty player, this show is for you. Definitely want to listen up. Um, we have a lot of good info here, but I'll let Aaron get started with his. Let, let's start. You want to go worst to first, like I think we did with the running backs or with the QBs, I mean? You know, maybe let's talk about the sexy guys at first. Maybe these okay. top, top dogs. Yeah, switch it up a little bit. And Sounds I have, good. Yeah, I have Traylon Burks, Arkansas wide receiver, is my number one, actually. And just because he has a lot of the things you want to see in a wide receiver prospect. He's got that dominant size, 6'3", 232 pounds. He's a good recruit. He's fast. And he flashed as a freshman, but then he really broke out as a sophomore. So he had a, a 37 or 38%. Uh, market share and dominator rating uh, technically about a 20 year old breakout guy but analytically pretty promising and honestly what he flashes on the field is promising as well and i i think he could even slim down a little bit and get more explosive so as far as a couple of things he brings to the field i mean he's got huge hands and he flashes um really great hands out there i mean he wears five xl gloves that's that's how big they are wow. they custom ordered yes and really i mean his athleticism is nice he's not the most fluid guy laterally anything like that but he's just dominant out there and i'm I'm curious so john you have this very promising model that you've been working on how does Traylon burks stack up in your model yeah so burks actually comes in as the number two for me um it's pretty close for um between him and number one but it, I mean, he, he's in a very, he's clearly in the top tier there, you know, like it's, it's very, he's very much so, uh, what's the best way to put it? Like he, he's one of the best, let's just put it that way, you know, and that's yeah. overall, uh, number two. And then, you know, as far as the, you know, the reasoning why and what the model's looking for, you know, it's, it's looking for, you know, can you, can you separate? Can you, you know, can you get big plays? Can you get, uh, can you score touchdowns, you know, and also, uh, your market share in the, in the, you know, the offense, you know, are you getting targeted, you know, your target share, you know, things like that. Uh, and he had all of that, you know, he's playing in the sec, he's playing against, you know, top competition, you know, def defensive wise and, uh, and he's doing really well. You know, you see the 16.1 yards per reception on average. Um, he, you know, he even does a little bit of rushing, I think. So, you know, not like a lot, but a little bit. And, and so, you know, you see kind of like dynamicness to his game and, uh, you know, that's definitely something the model's looking for. Yeah, no, that's great. He is versatile, like you said, and I've heard the comp of the DK Metcalf, and he's not that fast, but uh, Traylon Burks is not that fast, I should say. But I mean, I could see like Cortland Sutton for sure. It, just kind of that same type of player, same type of outcome potentially. So, yeah, I like him. The next guy I actually have is a 2023 guy. This might be a little controversial, but Keishon Boutte, LSU wide receiver, and so. This guy was a great five-star wide receiver prospect, and he's got a decent size to him. He's six foot 185, 
And in today's NFL, that's just that's a fine size. There's no worries with that. And he's very athletic kid. So, I mean, he was the third fastest 200-meter dash guy in the nation. Don't know if that was his senior year in high school or what, but uh, he runs between a 4.37 and a 4.4 based on high school times. And he just blew up down the stretch as a freshman. And that's special to see. So he technically would, would hit that 20% dominator rating for a breakout age of 18.4. So that's really, really solid. And honestly, I like what he brings tape-wise. The only critique I have really is that he had a couple drops and he tends to to basket or body catch a little bit too much. So I think he can clean that up because he's demonstrated the ability to go outside of his frame and come down with tough catches. It's just maybe a comfortability for him to let the body get into his uh, or sorry, let the ball get into his body. But that's that's the only issue that I have with him right now. And I could see him being a, a big-time fantasy producer, both for your campus to Cadden teams and then eventually uh, once he makes it to the NFL. So does your model also like Boutte there? Yeah, so we were talking before, uh, you know, before we started recording about how, like, if there was a weakness to my model, it's definitely like incoming freshmen and, you know, even some of the freshmen and, um, you know, trying to project what they're going to be after their freshman season can be really tough, except for with Keishon Boutte, uh, because like he, he dominated. Now I get that Terrace Marshall opted out or, or was injured or whatever. And so I understand that, you know, like there's probably a good reason why he did as well as he did as a freshman. Um, and that does have to be considered because he might not take as big of a leap as some of the other freshmen that we've seen. But I also didn't, uh, you know, one thing we were talking about before we started recording was how I kind of, uh, I, give these freshmen kind of like a boost in their, in their grade, because I'm expecting them to take a jump from, from year one to year two. And with him, I didn't give him that big of a boost um, because I kind of expect it to be somewhat like his freshman season, but with a step forward. And so even with that, he's my wide receiver three overall in the class uh, or not in the class overall. So, you know, like I, I really do like Boutte and I, I think that he's going to be, really good now he doesn't have like true prototypical size or anything like that but he's not but he's definitely not small either like he kind of has that like dj Moore size and and body and everything uh but just like we were talking about with burks you know he has that 16.3 yards per reception he has um you know he, he just was really good as a freshman and we don't see that all too often so i, I do like him yeah, and it looks like based on the spring practices, the summer, he's going to be featured in that offense. That's what they've shown to us early early on, and we'll hopefully see that actually materialize. But the next guy I have here is Garrett Wilson, Ohio State wide receiver. And honestly, I have a bunch of guys in this tier. I think I have uh, six guys in this very top tier of wide receivers, uh, just in the Debbie landscape. And Garrett Wilson, he's interchangeable with with a lot of those guys, but I just like how well-rounded he is as a player. And honestly, analytically, he, he's fine. He didn't have the breakout freshman year, but his second season, he had over a 30% dominator in market shares, and he basically matched Olave production-wise. And he was a very good recruit, and again, decent size to him. He's about six foot, 193. And I mean, 3.5 yards per team pass attempt, that's, that's, I think that was the best in all of college this last season, at least in the power five. And he flashes good hands. He's got really good feet as far as his route running abilities. 
maybe a little bit inconsistent there out of control at times but man he he's a promising player i think he lacks the juice to be a true superstar but i honestly still think he's going to be a great player so i i am a fan of garrett wilson out of ohio state excuse me yeah i'm right there with you in fact we're Besides the first overall player that I have, we're in lockstep here with our with our other top three, and uh, and I have Garrett Wilson at four, and you know you look at it, and you know I was talking about the 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 target share and the market share in the office and everything, and you know he had 723 yards. They only threw for 2,100 yards last year in, in Ohio State, so you know you're looking at a 30 some 33 percent you know uh, market share right there. That's something you want to see. He has that 16.8 uh, you know yards per reception. He scored six touchdowns. I think they only scored. Uh, I should have looked that up too, but I, I think they only scored. They only had twenty two passing touchdowns. So I mean, he he had a you know a, a quarter, a little more than a quarter of of the of the passing touchdowns as well. And it's definitely something that you you like to see there. Like you said, maybe he's not going to be the true alpha stud, but I think he's going to be a solid wide receiver. And I, and I have him here at four uh, overall. Absolutely. And I mean, he's really competing with talented guys at Ohio State. So we definitely have to give him a little bit of uh, um, added, well, added importance to what he's doing, just because he does have to beat out all that competition for targets. So yeah, Garrett Wilson is definitely promising. Well, let's get to your number one guy there. We, I got David <laughs> Bell here. So he's a Purdue wide receiver and honestly, a very well-rounded profile. So I can understand why you like him. And I only have him this low just because I don't see that one area where he's just dominant. As far as, you know, production-wise, you can't really refute what he's done as far as, you know, he broke out right away in college. He's got enough size to him. He's listed at 6'2", 205, but, I mean, Rondell Moore was listed pretty hot or pretty tall, and we saw how he actually measured out. So I don't know how much I believe that Purdue <laughs> measurements. The interns <laughs> there, I don't I don't know what they're, what they're doing, but <laughs> – Anyways, he David Bell flashes good hands, and he's not really a big play threat. You know, kind of low yards per reception his first couple of years, but some of that's how he's being used there at Purdue. It's not all on him, and he's flashed some big playability, but nothing that's really flashing to me as like, oh, this guy's a superstar. So he also had only 3.7 yards after the catch this season. Not as great as you'd like to see, like, Five yards is usually pretty good. So, and then also the the contested catch thing, like he relies on that at times. Like ten of his fifty three receptions were contested. So percentage wise, that's that's not the greatest number. But at the same time, guys like Michael Thomas are winning the same way in the NFL. How David Bell can win? He can win on slants. He can win in those contested catch situations. And Bell plays with this nuance that's actually. Um, quite developed for being still a young player. So while he can clean up some more things, maybe he can be used more downfield and demonstrate that ability. I still really like David Bell enough to have him in this top tier of these Debbie wide receivers. So while he might not have those traits, like I said, I I do think that he's going to be a stud and he's going to perform well for your campus to Canton leagues too, as far as his college production goes. Yeah, and obviously I have him at one, so I'm pretty high on him. But you know, really, it's it's a confluence of things, a confluence of factors. You know, obviously we know Rondell Moore was hurt, so that could definitely play into it. But I don't play the 
it, what could have been, what should have been, or anything like that game. I just play what happened and, and you know what what stats were laid out on the field. Um, another one with the market share we're talking about, where you know he they only threw for eighteen hundred yards this season, and he had uh, six hundred and twenty five of them. You know, so he had a third of the yards. He had they only threw for. Uh, 15 touchdowns he had eight of them so you know like we see him we see him dominating in this offense and yet we can't base anything else except for what offense he was in and what he did we see Rondell Moore who people are losing their minds about and I know he was injured I'm not trying to say anything about like I'm not banking off of uh this season for Rondell Moore or anything but he had 35 receptions for 270 yards, 7.7 yards per reception. Meanwhile, David Bell in the same offense had 11.8. And we saw Rondell Moore be around that like 13, 12, 11 yards per reception. And and we see that's where Bell is as well. Now, I think you've told me in the past, Aaron, that that maybe Bell doesn't have the athleticism that you would see or you would want in some of those like top guys and everything. And, And I can definitely understand that. That is one thing I do not have in the model because... You know, unfortunately, I just can't get enough information from everyone. I can't get enough accurate information from everyone. There's there's websites that say four four for a guy, and there's websites a uh, different website will say four seven five for the same exact guy. And so, if I can't have accurate info for everyone, I'm just going to completely take it out, which I did. And so that would be once they get into the NFL model, and I actually have combine information or pro days, then obviously that would change. But as of right now, I have Bell at one. Yeah, no, and that's understandable with the model as well. And honestly, when we're looking at these high school 40 times and whatnot, you don't know if they're being hand-timed, laser-timed, if it's at a, a camp where it's really official. And even if it is at a camp, sometimes these kids don't run well, and they don't let them retest. They just take that really slow time from high school. And then we also know that athletes develop. You know, They get stronger through time. They really um, can develop with their strength and conditioning programs become much better athletes. So I'm not as much worried about any sort of like high school times with Bell, but just what he's done on the field, that's, yeah, that's a little bit concerning. But like you said, he's a really well-rounded guy, and I can understand having him at the top of this tier. And the next guy I have here, unfortunately, tore his ACL this March, and that's George Pickens, Georgia wide receiver. And he's 6'3", 200 pounds. So, I mean, that's that alpha size that we like to see. And he had some great flashes in 2019, and he really picked it up after a slow start in 2020. And with that frame, with the ball skills that he has, the body control, the smoothness to his game, I, I like him a lot. I also worry about his speed a bit, but, I mean, he's got some good agility to him. So, I think if he can just build on that consistency, if he can put together a full season, he might return to school. So he can declare for this 2022 class, but coming off this ACL based on what he's done so far in his college career, I, I can see him returning. And if he puts together a consistent season, NFL teams probably are going to love this guy. Um, also his off the field issues. Uh, it, I shouldn't even call them off the field because they're on the field. Like he was, taunting some guys um, on the field. He, he's he got some some things there that he's got to hone in. But as far as what he does on the field, it's pretty impressive. And, I mean, he reminds me of like a taller DeAndre Hopkins, the way he plays the game, which is um, high praise. And I know some people in the Debbie landscape who still have him as their wide receiver one. So there's still guys who really like him out there. And me having him this low at number five overall in Debbie is definitely not a slight to him, but 
Um, there, there's the risks coming off the ACL, maybe the maturity issues and the maybe top end athleticism being affected. So we shall see what happens with George Pickens. Yeah. And I don't have them as high in within the Debbie model. I, I still have them in the top 10. So, I mean, I'm not like, you know, not completely fading them or anything like that. And honestly, that group is, is kind of a tier from like maybe five to 10 is kind of a tier or like six to 10. So it's not like, I mean, you could, you could probably move them up if you wanted to. Uh, I guess the biggest thing for me is you look at his freshman year and he really didn't have a lot of competition. I mean, he, or at least names that I've never heard of. And maybe that's not saying much because I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not the Debbie expert here, but uh, uh, names that I've never really heard of, or, or we're not talking about tonight, like things like that. And then you go into his, um, into, you know, this past year and you see a player like uh, Kiaris Jackson. I don't know if I said that right or not, you know, had a very similar, like almost, ex- I mean, they actually had the same amount of catches, same amount of yards, same uh, yards per reception. The only difference was uh, Pickens had more more touchdowns, um, double the touchdowns actually. But uh, Jackson actually played two extra games, so that kind of gives him, you know. It, so I mean, Pickens is definitely the better receiver, but it doesn't know, it doesn't necessarily look like he's standing out compared to everyone else. And I think that's why, you know, obviously the model doesn't care about any of that. That's more narrative based than anything else. I'm just trying to create a story here. But I think that's why the model's kind of showing you like. He's good, but maybe he's not amazing, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah, I can still see him having to return to school just to put it all together. If he puts together a, a whole season where he's consistent from beginning to start, where he's healthy, he's dominating, I could really see him rising up and, and potentially being a day one or day two pick for sure. So, yeah, it, it seems like we have some similar opinions on pickings. And the next guy I'll be interested to see, I think you have him fairly high as well, uh, Chris Olave, Ohio State wide receiver. And I'm really torn on whether to have him in the same tier as all the guys we just talked about. I do have him at the bottom of the tier, but he could be in a tier by himself. Just because while he is 6'1", 188 pounds, he's not your typical type of number one wide receiver. He's more of a finesse type of player. Um, but he can go deep. He can play underneath. I mean, he's a good route runner and he's a fluid player. Uh, and he mainly plays on the outside, but I'm not questioning his ability to transition into the slot. He should be able to do it all at the next level. He's just more in that like Devonta Smith kind of, he seems more like, a. Well, I'm not going to use the word beta. I feel like that's, <laughs> that's not the, but as far as not your true number one. Um, prototypical guy, but still, Alave's flashed a lot. He broke out at 19 years old, so I mean, he's been dominating at Ohio State. And like I said, he has a lot of things that you want to see out of a finesse receiver. And I think that's going to be pretty tempting. It's just a bit telling that he didn't declare this year. Like he's going to be a senior, so staying around for that last year, especially when you know your quarterback Justin Fields leaves the guys after fields are not as good as him. So even if they're pretty solid, I don't know exactly what he's trying to prove. He's not going to have that same type of season like Devonta Smith had most likely. So I'm not exactly sure what spurred that. I don't know if he got some um, poor draft predictions from the advisory board or what, but um, that, that does make me a little bit wary of, of Chris Olave, but overall I think he is a really complete player. So I'd be interested to hear any of your thoughts on him. Yeah, I have him right up there. I actually have him at uh, six. No, seven. I'm sorry. 
can't read. <laughs> so I, I have him at seven, and you know I, I feel like he's in that tier with Pickens, where like you know they're not they're not that top tier. They're they're probably not going to be like the true alpha studs like you're talking about. <laughs> we won't say beta, but uh, <laughs> I I do just I, I think I think he's going to be a solid uh, player. And I'm also, you know, I, I think a lot of uh, analytically based analysts are, you know, very against anyone that stays for their senior year and anything. Like, I'm really not that, especially with the 2020 season happening the way it did. You know, I I think you have to, just like, you know, you had to make some concessions for people that were coming into the NFL in 2020 that only played four games or whatever. And I think you have to do the same thing for, you know, for players that either decided to stay or, uh, you know, or just uh, decided to stay for their senior year or whatever it might be. So I, I think I'm not going to knock him for it. His play has been good enough to where he's still probably going to be in that top 10 when it's all said and done. But I think it gives him a chance to you know, like he, he really had a nice sophomore year. And then his junior year, he, he actually built on it, you know, as far as like per play and, and per game, but we don't see, you know, we didn't see the overall thing because they only played the seven regular season games. I remind, actually, was it less than seven? Because didn't they? I mean, they played into the. Um, I, I was looking at uh, at uh, Sports Reference, and I think they include yeah, bowl sure. games in, in that as yeah. well. So, yeah, yes. So they didn't even get like a full. You know, they they only got like five regular season games. And maybe he just wanted to show people for a full season, and maybe he thinks he can become a first-round player if he can do that. Yeah, honestly, he could. And I I don't mean to talk ill of the Ohio State quarterback room this year because it's good. It's just it's hard to replace a guy like Justin Fields. He's he's a very oh, yeah. good quarterback. So, um, yeah, Chris Lave definitely could do some interesting things, and I'm not trying to talk bad about him at all because he's really well-rounded. So. And 2020 was just a weird season, like you said. I don't blame guys for coming back. So what I want to do here is just touch on a couple of guys. And then one of these guys was pretty high in your model. So I'd like to chat about him a bit. Um, So Jermaine Burden, Rakeem Jarrett, Marvin Mims. Those are my seven, eight, and nine. And I see actually both Rakeem Jarrett and Marvin Mims are pretty high on your model, which, which I'm interested to hear about. Those are both, well, all three of those guys are 2023 guys. Jermaine Burden, who's a bit lower on your model, he's a Georgia wide receiver, and I really expect him to take over um, that lead role with Pickens being out there this season. But then Rakeem Jarrett, uh, Maryland wide receiver, and Marvin Mims, Oklahoma wide receiver, those are some promising guys in that 2023 class. So I, I was going to ask you, you know, if anything stuck stuck out from Jarrett or Mims at all, because I mean, I think Jarrett, he did really good things as a true freshman. I mean, he broke out at 19 years old with a 25% dominator rating at Maryland. And there wasn't that great of quarterback play this <laughs> last season. No. And really at six foot 208, I mean, he's got a really nice build to him and his athleticism just evident with the way he plays I can't remember if he was a good high school athlete, but I mean, I'm pretty sure he is, honestly. Uh, He looks really good tape-wise and analytically-wise. So um, I'm curious your thoughts on Raheem Barrett. Yeah, with Jarrett, uh, it kind of goes back to somebody we've discussed uh, in one of the first episodes of Debbie Devotional. It's Dante Damas or Demas or however you say it. Um, and I, I kind of mentioned him as like a potential sleeper just because he really reminded me a lot of DJ Moore and, you know, coming from the same school, it's probably more narrative than anything else. But 
it just it, I saw a lot of similarities, and I still do. I actually still like Demas, and we don't have to like truly go into Demas, but I have him at uh, at twelve here. So I mean, I still. I still like him, and maybe I just really, I don't know, maybe Maryland's just really good at recruiting wide receivers. You know, like LSU's really good uh, at recruiting receivers, Ole Miss. Like, we're seeing these teams that can do it over and over again, and maybe Maryland's just one of those. Um, because if you look at it as a true freshman, you know, obviously Demis, 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 whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, is a uh, – you know, he's a junior going in on to being a senior. Another one that I'm not going to discount because they only played like four games, five games or whatever. But you see Jarrett as a true freshman wasn't that far behind him. You know, 17 receptions compared to 24, 252 yards compared to 365, and two touchdowns compared to four. So he wasn't that far behind Damis. And as a true freshman, I'm projecting or foreseeing him being even better and maybe it's because of, you know, the, the size and, and the athleticism that you're talking about. Um, you know, I really don't I don't know enough about it, but I just see, you know, in in that particular offense, I see that he did enough as a true freshman to like I, I can foresee a, a pretty big jump in his sophomore season. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, if you start off with a 25 percent dominator rating as a true freshman who's somewhat raw, but he has all the all the skills that you want to see. He just really needs to refine those. That's that's really promising. So I think that was a good point that you brought up, Amos, who does score out well in your model. And I like him a good amount, too. I think NFL teams are going to be intrigued by him. I don't know if he'll go for sure on day two, but he definitely has a shot. And Rakeem Jarrett, like you said, I mean, he was basically keeping up with him as a true freshman. So, yeah, I, I like the Jarrett call for sure. And then Marvin Mims is another guy your model likes. And, I mean, I loved his flashes as a true freshman. He was kind of inconsistent, though. So, I mean, technically, yes, he did have that breakout with a 23% Tominator rating. But, I mean, he was a little bit hit or miss there. He relied on touchdowns as a freshman, but still impressive nonetheless. And he's going to be with Spencer Rattler there again this season. And and though they have a lot of really good wide receivers, Hazelwood's back, Weiss is still there, Mario Williams is coming in. Still, I mean, Marvin Mims, he's an intriguing guy because he has a lot of athleticism and he has good ball skills for being kind of a smaller guy. He's 5'11", 177, soaking wet probably. (laughs) But um, I I don't know that he's going to be a superstar at that at the next level, but he's a pretty interesting prospect. Yeah, with Mims, it's another one, and I see his size and everything, so maybe he won't be. Although I mean, I th- we're seeing kind of a, a pattern of smaller wide receivers going to the NFL, so maybe we need, as analysts need need to stop worrying so much about the prototypical size and just start looking at the actual players. And I will say that's one thing that the Debbie model kind of does pretty well because it doesn't have athleticism, it doesn't have um, it doesn't have height, it doesn't have weight, it doesn't have anything because it doesn't care about that. It cares about what now the NFL model has all that stuff. The Debbie model does not. It just all it wants to know is, are you producing on the field? And I understand with Oklahoma that, you know, obviously it's a it's a passing offense. Like, you know, they, they th- throw a lot and everything. So, you know, maybe being in the Pac-12 and everything, you know, you can discount the, you know, the production a little bit. But with Mims as a true freshman, true freshman or redshirt? Um, so he was a true freshman. So, okay. yeah, yeah. So as a true freshman, we see him lead the team in targets, reception, or maybe not targets, but receptions, uh, yardage, yards per reception, and touchdowns. It 
like once again that's a lot of the things that the model looks for so you know we can sit here and harp on on the same things over and over again but it's just mims looks really good and i see him taking a pretty big jump in year in year two and you had said that he was kind of like hit or miss but our co-host duchaine's has talked a lot about rattler was kind of hit or miss um and that he wasn't the greatest either so I'm not I'm not blaming Rattler, but I just know as Duchesne has mentioned that quite a few times, and so maybe it could be because of the QB play as well. Yeah, and they could continue to really build on that rapport this coming season. I could easily see Rattler putting together a season that could get him into Heisman contention for sure, and Mims should be a big part of that. But like I said, there's guys like Hazelwood coming back to full health and Mario Williams, so. I'm really intrigued by this season for Marvin Mims. Uh, I'm not going to say skeptical at all, but I'm just really um, keeping a close eye. If he can maintain that target share, you know, over 20% throughout the season, I'm going to be still pretty high on him. But uh, if the other competition really starts to eat into his share significantly, maybe I'll move him down. But like you said, the size, don't don't discount him because of that. Guys like Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore, you know, they're getting good draft capital. They're going to be fine fantasy assets, and they're undersized. So, like I said, the NFL wants guys who are versatile, and they're valuing size less and less these days. So, yeah, that's a really good point with him. Let's let's hit on one of your guys that you have really high here. Um, I was kind of surprised to see him this high, but honestly, makes sense. It, it's Zay Flowers. Um, so Zay Flowers is a guy that I just recently watched some more of him. And not only does he hit analytically, he's only one of the four sophomore wide receivers to both, well, to hit a 30% dominator rating in 2020, I believe. So it was Bell, Burks, and Garrett Wilson were the other three. So, I mean, Zay Flowers really was was standing out there. And he's another undersized guy, but I guess who cares really at this point? And he really had a good season and I came away impressed. I don't think he's that physical of a player, unfortunately, but man, he is, he's fast. He's explosive. He's got some really nice route running abilities and maybe he'll be a wide receiver too at the NFL level. Maybe he's not going to be a true number one, but man, he he's kind of impressive. So what do you think about Zay flowers? Do you think um, everything that I had talked about there, does that, kind of makes sense with what you were seeing in him yeah with him obviously once again not the prototypical size but we're not going to be too concerned about that going forward but you know he he led the team in just about every statistical category and we saw hunter long get drafted in in the second third round in the nfl draft and obviously it's comparing a wide receiver to a tight end but you know we see uh long had 57 receptions for 685 yards and flowers had 56 for uh 892 so i mean you know you see some of that burst you see some of that like you know yak ability and everything in in his play uh, right there and then he almost doubled every other player on the team in touchdowns uh, I mean he just he looks like he has it you know whatever it is and um, and you know it shows up and I don't think Georgia was exactly this like powerhouse as far as throwing the ball you know over and over again or you know like you know thrown for 4,000 yards or anything but to have 892 yards out of a like a 3,000 yard season is is pretty damn good yeah, that's a really good point. He could definitely be on the Elijah Moore path, honestly, with the way he plays and then with the domination of the offense. Um, yeah, I'm going to be interested to see if he can maintain that share because 
NFL teams are just going to love what he brings to the table. So that was one guy that you're pretty high on. And then another guy I see is Justin Ross. And I, I think most people in the Debbie community can agree that, I mean, Ross would be higher on everybody's boards if we knew how he was going to be medically. So he had this congenital vertebral fusion. So it is his neck and that caused some neurologic symptoms apparently that he had to have surgery for. And apparently he's cleared. I don't even know if he's practicing in pads, full contact yet, anything. But I mean, size-wise, skill-wise, going off of his first couple years um, in college, I mean, Justin Ross is an impressive player. So I, I assume that your ranking of him in the model inside your top 10 is assuming health and just based on you know the really impressive things that he did put on the field when he was healthy. Um, because he was amazing as a freshman. Uh, he was he was truly sensational. So he was a dominant playmaker, and at the time he kind of reminded me of like, oh, this guy's on like a Julio Jones type of ascent after his freshman year, and then obviously things happened, and, and he had the injury and all that. So um, yeah, I mean Justin Ross does it. Does that kind of um, explain why you're so high on him, just based on what he did in the past, assuming health? Yeah, I think we see with Ross, you know, people are so excited about Rondale Moore because of what he did as a freshman. And it's kind of a very similar story where, you know, injuries and, and you know, question marks and things like that with Ross and Moore. But, you know, you see a thousand yards, 46 receptions, a thousand yards, 21.7 yards per reception and nine touchdowns as a true freshman. And I mean, that is I mean, I don't know enough. I, I haven't gone back years and years and years to know. But I mean, that has to be one of the better uh, you know, true freshman wide receiver seasons, you know, out there, uh, you know, definitely, definitely very good. <laughs> so like, you know, you see that and then, yeah, he fell off in the second year. I don't know if that had anything to do with injury quarterback play or, or, or anything like that. Cause I think wasn't, um, Trevor Lawrence injured at, at some point, or I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm you know, making stuff up there, but you do see a substantial drop in year two, as far as like, um, efficiency. And so, you know, now the way the the model works is you know it works off of uh, total. There, there's some metrics that I use like total stats for, and then there's some that I use uh, just best stats for. And so obviously uh, some of it's going to be coming from that freshman season more so than the sophomore season. And so if he can come back and play, then it'll be very telling of which one was which, you know, and that kind of thing. But as of right now, just based off of the the stats that we have, he's he's looking really good. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, if he does successfully come back, he's able to stay healthy and all that. It's going to be a great indicator of, you know, was it truly this? Um, that are we seeing a truly dominant wide receiver like we saw his freshman year or not? I mean, his second year, his role changed a little bit. T. Higgins was kind of that primary outside guy there, and then Justin Ross played in the slot more, and he really wasn't that dynamic there. So. I'm kind of interested to just see maybe he's just not quite as athletic as maybe we thought coming in or, or maybe the injury was affecting him back then too. But yeah, yeah, he's a very interesting one. That's, that's for darn sure. As far as a guy that you have pretty low and I, along with a bunch of people in the community are expecting a big step forward for it. It's John Mechie, Alabama wide receiver. And so he almost had a 20% dominator in 2020 he was kind of banged up with an ankle injury. So I do think that that explains some of his lack of production, but 
I think he's going to be a solid wide receiver. I'm not sure he's elite. He's not on the level of like, let's say like a Waddle, anything like that. But I mean, maybe plays somewhat similar to Waddle, honestly. And he's a very willing blocker. Not that that gets us fantasy points, but it gets teams attention and it gets them on the field. So I'm curious. I mean, if John Mechie takes over as the wide receiver one at Alabama, do you think that would boost him up your model pretty significantly? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's one of those things where his freshman season, you know, with the players that he had there, you probably couldn't possibly expect him to get on the field. So I'm I'm definitely not like hating on him for that or anything like that. But then you get into the 2020 season, they threw for 4,500 yards uh, as a team or, you know, right around there. And we saw Waddle missed the majority of the season. I don't remember exactly how many games he missed, but it was it was quite a few. And obviously we know Devontae Smith just dominated and, you know, was you know the Heisman and, and, and everything. But you would I would have liked to have seen Mechie do a little bit more as a sophomore. If this was his freshman season, then I think I would be like, you know what, this guy's got some, you know, like big things coming. But as a sophomore, given that opportunity, you know, I think the models looking at it and going like, eh, you know, in that offense, if you were that good and you were going to take over as the one, I think you would have done a little bit more. And so, you know, I'm assuming Alabama had another good recruiting class. It wouldn't surprise me that much for one of those recruits to take over and, and be the actual one. And Mechie could be like a decent two on that team, but that's not going to, you know, that's not going to really stand out in the model. And that's probably not going to stand out for the NFL either. Yeah, that's true. And he's one of these guys who's probably going to get some decent draft capital, but it'll be off his traits. And it's one of those projections where are you going to get the Henry Ruggs? that the NFL loves due to some of maybe the things that they see on film. Maybe he's see the thing is John Mechie isn't that kind of kind of athlete though. He had a four six in in high school as far as his 40 times. So he's just not that elite athlete. So I, I think he has good enough speed for sure. But yeah, I, I think I'm there with you honestly. He might be a bit overrated right now. It really depends who you're talking to because not everybody's high on him. And that analytic profile, it's going to have some holes in it. So he really needs to dominate this year, take over as a clear number one in that offense for me to really think that he has a shot at being a, a top five wide receiver in this class. But he flashes some nice things on trait, or on tape too. He has nice traits. I mean, ball skills, ball tracking is solid. He's a pretty, um, pretty quick player out there for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think with uh, Mechie, you know, and with the model going forward, um, I'm going to be doing updates every four weeks for uh, f- uh, for Devi. And so, you know, we'll see after that fourth week, you know, it, is he completely taking over? And at that point, of course, he's going to jump, you know, he- heavily up the, the ranks and everything. So I think it'll be pretty a pretty quick, you know, fix if he is, if he is taking that step. But I just, as of right now, I guess the... Beth isn't projecting that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And, you know, it's going to be very telling, like you said, if he's not dominating right away, well, you know, who's going to be dominating? It's probably one of these dominant freshmen, very talented guys like a G Hall or let's see, who else do we got? We got Jojo Earl, Ja'Cory Brooks. I mean, there's, there's a lot of talent in that wide receiver room. So, yep, it'll be very apparent this year if he's really got it or, or not. So were there any other guys that you really wanted to to talk about here? I know you're kind of a big Parker Washington fan, for example, and I, I think he's a solid player as well. Uh, though I'm not I'm not as high on him as you. So um, I got to say, like analytically, though, with that 
freshman year breakout. I, I can see why why he's a pretty positive, um, tempting guy to have high up there in the ranks for sure. Yeah, and I think this is another one where you see the you know you see the teammate, the older teammate, junior uh, Jahan Dotson, uh, is pretty good, and then you see the true freshman come in and be pretty good as a true freshman compared to the, to the junior. And so like I have Jahan Dotson as my 14th wide receiver. And, uh, you know, so like, once again, he's probably not going to be a, a day one guy in the NFL or anything like that. I, I, I doubt, but you know, he, he, and actually I've seen, I actually have seen some people on Twitter, you know, hyping up Jahan Dotson since I made my rankings and stuff. I didn't even know the guy's name. You know, I just, I put him up and I'm like, Oh, I got him at 14. And then I, and then people were like, you better not sleep on Jahan Dotson on, on uh, Twitter. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm doing something right here, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but then you see Parker and what he did as a, as a true freshman in, you know, in the same offense, obviously. Uh, and it's just, it's just really telling when you see that uh you know 489 yards 36 receptions on on a team that only threw for you know 2200 yards 2300 yards whatever it was you, know, you see that market share and you know it's just it's very telling and i think I, I foresee him doing a pretty big jump and so i have washington at eight and um obviously a lot of that is projecting that's I mean, that's all i can do really I, mean, I guess that's all we are all are doing with these freshmen is just projecting because it, most of them have 400 yards 300 yards you know 500 yards you know most of them aren't doing the justin ross thousand yards the rondell moore however much he had kind of thing so all we're doing is projecting oh i think he's going to get better i think he's going to do better in this offense and that's what i'm doing with parker i, I really do see him doing big things i have no idea about the offense what kind of quarterback situation they have or anything like that but i just feel like uh you know his talent is there yeah no, I'm, I'm there with you. He's a functional athlete. He's a four five type of guy in the 40 and he had a really nice vertical in high school too. So pretty explosive. And honestly, I think he's just really good at everything. And maybe he can be a really crafty player at the next level too. Like a Keenan Allen type of guy out here who's just really, um, really maximizing what he has athleticism wise and at that frame at 510, 205. So I like the Parker Washington call, but I, I think that you're the conductor of that hype train for sure. <laughs> um, but but that's not a bad one to be on, honestly. I think I drafted him in my first ever C to C league this off season, and I'm pretty excited for him. So, yeah, nice work with that one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, all I do is just put the numbers in, and the model spits it out. Sometimes. Uh... It can be a little proactive, like with some of the QBs, where we're we're going off a of half game stats and stuff. And I'm trying my best to to make it as uh, you know use as as much actual stats and everything, and not just use uh, small samples as possible. But sometimes with these Debbie players, that's kind of difficult. And sometimes you can get high school stats, and sometimes you can, and uh, it's tough. But that's why we have Aaron and that's why we have Duchesne's to kind of like calm me down when, when I'm like, Hey, you know, take this guy. And they're like, yeah, he might not even be the starter, you know, like that kind of thing. Right. Well, I, th I think it's really nice that we have kind of like a, almost a checks and balances type of system because I'm breaking down some of these guys and, and my process is not purely filmed by any means. As, as you could tell, I'm, I'm talking about some of his production metrics but really, when I see some of your guys like Zay Flowers up there, it kind of makes me realize maybe I am too low. So it's really nice when we're able to um, contribute different things into the discussion on these. 
prospects and hopefully all, all the listeners are able to benefit from that as well so yeah no it, it's um it's really nice to hear those opinions Definitely. And I wish we could have had Duchesne's tonight. He, he was a little busy and uh, we had planned this night a couple weeks ago. Uh, Aaron's going out of town. So it was kind of the last night to record if we were going to do it for a little while. And we wanted to get this show out to you guys. Um, Aaron actually has a 2024 running back class uh, pod solo pod that he put out or he uh, recorded. Yeah, um, it wasn't as lengthy as some of the other solo pods for the running back classes. Um, I, I do think it's probably probably a good standalone resource for people just wanting to exclusively look at those running backs. But yeah, honestly, I, I love the stuff that we're doing here. We're able to go get all three of our opinions, but then also um, pull and, and really break down the classes in depth by themselves. So yeah, definitely be on the lookout for that. And um, as far as what's going on with me, I'm just going on a road trip here out to Colorado and I just found out that I passed my boards, so I'm, I'm officially going to be licensed as a physical therapist and everything. So, um, yeah, things are things are going well. Nice. That's awesome. And uh, hopefully, you know, good luck. I'm sure you'll be getting a job here pretty soon. Um, were there any, before we get out of here, I know we don't want to, I think we're going to do a different pod or you're going to do a solo pod on some of the like uh, wide receiver recruits. But uh, was there anyone that really stands out to you that like you're really excited about that people can go get right now? <laughs> Honestly, from this incoming class, there, there's a big tier of them for me. So I know Aji Hall, so Alabama wide receiver, really flashed in the spring. He's got the prototypical size you want to see out of a number one wide receiver. People are getting super excited for him. So I guess he's just the one guy in that 2024 class that I would say is above the others, but then I got a bunch of guys. So um, I, I think a solo pod might be in order here, or, or at least a podcast with you and Deshane's as far as maybe getting into that class a little bit more. But yeah, maybe a G Hall. Other, otherwise, it's a pretty deep class uh, wide receiver wise. Yeah, I know, you know, it's just based off of recruiting ranks. Um, Mika Buka <laughs> is, yeah. is also up there. Uh, you know, I have no idea, you know, uh, exactly where he went or anything like that. But I know, you know, his recruit rank was was pretty, uh, pretty substantial. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, he's just blocked at Ohio State. That's the only deal. So you're not going to see a very good breakout age for him because Alave, Garrett Wilson, they're definitely going to block him this year. And then even next year, then they got, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba. And there's some other guys there like Julian Fleming and Marvin Harrison Jr. And another 2024 wide receiver. So that that room is just stacked. And it might be the case where we have to kind of put aside the analytics just a little bit for that specific circumstance because their wide receiver room is so stacked. I don't understand and i wouldn't even fault ibuka if he doesn't make a big impact at all as a freshman i, I won't care at all for him well i know obviously it's a different coaching staff and everything like that but i in the past uh especially with the nfl model uh ohio state has been one of the ones you know you have your terry mclaurin you have your michael thomas that really didn't produce that much in college and then they come into the nfl and they're just studs so uh, i guess if there was a team that was going to be questionable when it comes to analytics that might be the the one <laughs> yeah and their recruiting's just it's continued to get better and better and better where they're landing you know, two or three of the top 10 wide receivers in each class now. And it's kind of crazy for that. But yeah, so I, he's a high one. And I also saw, yeah, Troy, Troy Franklin, 
um, who is going to be attending Oregon. So um, I like the Troy Franklin tout. I mean, I'm a bit lower on him, but he's in that tier one for me. And he's a, he's a talented kid as well. So yeah, keep an eye out for those couple of incoming freshmen for sure. Love it. Well, like I said, I'll be uh, putting this one out and also I'll, I'll do Aaron's uh, 2024 running back class uh, solo pod as a solo pod. And I'll, I'll put that out probably a little bit later in the week. So you'll have two Debbie devotional podcasts in the same week. Uh, very, very exciting. But hey, we got college football next week. You know, like, uh, right? 12 days or something like that? I I want to say you're right. Oh, man, it's coming up quick. Oof. Yeah, so you know we're getting excited. I might actually watch some college football this year. Like you, you never know; it, it might actually happen. But um, but we've discussed the uh, we discussed the quarterbacks. We discussed the wide receivers. I think it's only logical, even though Aaron's doing these amazing solo pods. I think it's the only logical that we all get together, the three of us, and discuss the running backs next time, and uh, and really you know discuss and because I I think I have one uh, that we've already discussed and and you know in person about um, my running back ranks and you said man he's not even in a lot of people's top 20 top 30 or whatever but he was last year i won't go into it just yet but it, you know we'll, we'll leave his little cliffhanger but uh then you know I, i've actually seen some uh some praise for that particular player so uh, some things to be excited about and that is a 2022 running back so that's very good for your dynasty drafts as well but I appreciate you guys listening. Aaron, thank you very much for, for coming on and giving your expertise. But for now, we are cashing out. Yeah.